0: all right i'd like to welcome you out to a another lodestone training consulting podcast i am chris johnson jared ross will not be with us tonight i've locked him in a box somewhere and uh, i can't find the key actually stuck back out at bfr uh Doing all that Zulu stuff, making good things happen for the Light Fighter coming up. Uh, hopefully this is out Monday, Monday of the Light Fighter, and you guys are listening to this on, on your way to the Light Fighter. So I have a guest with me tonight, and you are, sir? I am James. James. All right. Um, normally, I, I like to let you introduce yourself, sure. but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little background okay, on how, how you came to be uh, here tonight, sitting. I, I'd, I'd like to hear that, too. Okay. Um. So... Those of you listening, you know that I have a uh, forcefully adopted son. He forcefully adopted me as his father, um, Bice or Bison. He has been uh, on the podcast twice, I think now. Um, Good guy. Uh, He started telling me about this, like Superman James. Uh, All lies. uh, Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, But he started telling me all these stories about this guy. I'm like, I've got to meet this dude. I've got to meet this dude. And finally, uh, back in July, I got to meet Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. yeah, he he wasn't lying. I was I was impressed. Um, not necessarily just with your performance and everything, uh, but your attitude. Your attitude just falls right in line with our principles.
1: I appreciate that,
0: and that's why you're sitting here tonight, is because you fall right in line with everything that
1: we we want to do. Awesome. I- I'm honored to be here. I won't lie. Uh, I listened to the podcast for almost a year before I signed up for any classes because I've seen. You know different training companies and people who are super ninja sniper recon ranger dudes running companies and I've been disappointed before and so I uh, I did a, a a lot of listening and and investing in my time just to see you know what you guys are about before I signed up for anything and the more I listened the more I realized uh, man you guys are good people and you know your mindsets and your approach to things. Fall so in line with, with my wife and I, it, it it's uncanny. So, I'm I'm happy to be here. I, you said it right there. Like we fall
0: in line very very clearly. It's um, the principles are all the same. Absolutely. You know? Um, tonight our subject that we're gonna we're gonna talk about is self reliance. Awesome. And how that really affects us. And you know we can sit here and we can discuss like. Hey, these are things that I do to be self-reliant. And we're going to talk about some of those things. We're going to talk about how we came in our journey to get to that point. But really what we want to focus on what that gives to us being Mm self-reliant and how that affects us as as humans going through this, this journey in this life. So why don't you uh, tell everyone listening about who you are and man, uh, give us a little bit of your background. Well,
1: Background is, is long. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some of the things I've done professionally, but like talking about self-reliance, this goes way back to when I was a kid. Um, grew up in and around the Chicago area. Moved around a lot. Um, came up in a very, very low income home. Um, there were times when you know, we didn't have hot water for six months or eight months, or we snuggled on the floor to keep warm in the winter. Um, but you know, we, we made it through and my mom, uh, the love that she poured into us, um, it, it set me on a path, uh, that, that I don't think I could have traveled any other way. (laughs) Um, so that's kind of how life, had been for a long time. Um, then I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. Uh, I signed up for the Marines in January of 01. And I was slotted to go to boot camp on September 18th of 01. <laughs> <'01. laughs> and then this weird thing happened on September 11th. And I watched uh, the towers fall. And I just had this peace, this peace beyond understanding that, you know, I'm in the right place. And I'm doing the right thing. Um, so I spent about six years in the Marine Corps, five, uh, four years active as a canine military police, got out in 05, um, got recalled back in, did a tour to Iraq, um, only deployed once. Um, and then from there went back into law enforcement and the civilian side. I spent some time as a firefighter. Um, but all of those experiences kind of cumulatively, you know, I, I think that they I'm giving you the very abbreviated portion, but they could have broken a lot of people. Um, or you can change your perspective and, and see how they make you stronger. And one of the things that my mom always did when we we didn't have food or we're using baking powder as toothpaste with our finger, we always looked at things and um, you know what can we get out of this? What can we learn from this? You know what's the good in this. And that was the perspective I took through everything I've done in, in life. Um, and some of the good that I took from that was knowing that I can make it, knowing that I can make it through really hard things. And we can make it through really hard things with without a whole lot. If, if you have the right mind and the right approach the faith that, that you know, someone's got your back. Yeah, absolutely. um, I grew up extremely religious. um, And, you know, one of the things that always was on my mind was, you know, all things go for good for those who love the Lord and call to his purpose. So if it's not good yet. It's not over yet. And so um, I just kind of put that in my back pocket, you know, Um, when things were really hard and I didn't know if I was going to make it. um, Like, Well, it's not over yet. So I think the mindset was, was forged in me through all of these things. Um, but on top of that, you know, skill development, and then finally acquiring the tools and things like that for the self-reliance. Um, but really I think the mindset and the skills are the foundation because you don't have to have all of the, the Gucci stuff or five years of food set aside and, um, Nice. It, it helps. It helps. It, it help. You know, um,
0: a lot of the time we get very um, equipment focused. Mm-hmm. You know, and when we start talking self reliance, people start thinking about: I need to have the food storage. I need to have the medicine. I need to have the aid bag. I need to have the firearms. I need yeah. to have the ammo. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Hundred percent. We need to have that, but. We need to have the knowledge how to use all those things. That's right. Uh, And we have to have the will to use those things. Um, I don't know if you guys or if you have listened or read uh, World War Z. Yes. Yeah. I got a copy of that book when I was in Albania. I was flying back. And it, like, made it around the the group of us that were were in Albania. And somehow I get the copy on the fly back. Everyone was like, oh, great book, great book. I'm like, "Eh, I really don't go in for the zombie books. But I'm flying back. I'll read it. Mm -hmm. I didn't sleep the entire flight. I've just burned through that book. I get to DC and that's where our plane landed. And I realized that I had been up the whole entire flight reading this book. Uh, those of you who know me, I don't read books. I listen to books, <laughs> right. uh, but I read this book. And um, one of the things that that I like stood out to me was uh, she was like the air force pilot or something gets shot over the, uh, the red zone. And oh, right. um, she comes across a fully laden SUV. And it's got food, water, ammunition, and all these things to survive with. But there's a dead guy in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yep. Because he didn't have the will.
1: That's right.
0: Because he didn't have the uh, the intestinal fortitude to do what was necessary. And I think that's a great place to start, you know. Yeah. Uh, you and I both, we have a very similar background. We, we start talking, and it's like, man, I have a brother right here. Absolutely. Uh, it's the instant kinship. Um, man, I just feel really bad for people that had to grow up with fathers and had someone teach them how to be a man. You know, <laughs> right. people
1: who did who grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth. Yeah,
0: they're, like, they're missing out on so much. Yeah, life. you're so weak. <laughs> but uh, you know, we we didn't, and so we started our mindset journey early. Yeah. Um, I was at church today, and I was having a conversation with a, a gentleman. I said, you know, one of the best things that ever happened to me, one of the absolute best things that ever happened to me, was being bullied, mm-hmm. because yes there are a lot of people that that crushes, but for me, I started to have those small victories. And one of them Mm -hmm. was when I've talked about on the podcast, I talked about in the wilderness skills classes, I did a, uh, the wilderness survival merit badge in the boy Scouts and the temperature dropped like 30 degrees. I went from like 90 into the sixties. It's a big drop. It's a big drop. And you know, I mean, 65 is, you know, shoot my house is 65 right now and it feels very comfortable. Uh, but when you're at 90 degrees, that's pretty catastrophic. And uh, I'm laying there in the shelter that I built, and I realized that I was okay. Mm-hmm. And that I could do this, and I could yeah. spend the night. And then I heard my bully crying. <laughs> and the confidence, I was like, wait a second, he is scared right now, and I'm not. And that's that was a big change. Yeah. And, you know, like, how did I become a Green Beret? Yeah, Stuff like that. It was those little tiny things that added up those little experiences that came throughout my life that could have been failures. Absolutely. But instead of failing, I mean, there, there were things where it was a failure. I failed at that, but instead of like, Oh, all right, I'm ruined. I took that as a lesson and learned from it so that I could continue and, and improve. Yeah. And it sounds like you've done the same thing. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, e- e- even um, uh, in, in boot camp, I, I fractured my ankle during the crucible which is like a three-day culmination event. Um, you, don't, you don't get a whole lot of sleep. You you hike something like fifty or sixty miles over three days and two or three hours of sleep a night. And the second night we were doing a a night hike with, with an ammo can resupply, and uh, it's a light discipline hike. And you know I, I went to uh, San Diego for boot camp because I uh, my, my my recruiting station was on the other side of the Mississippi. So yeah, those of you who don't know the Marine Corps. Generally, generally, if you are on the
0: East Coast, you go to the West Coast. If you're on the West Coast, you come to the East Coast. That, that's my understanding. I was never in the Marine Corps, but...
1: Uh, the, the way the way that uh, uh, we always said it was, yeah, they send all the girls to the East Coast, which at the time that was true, that the female recruit depot was out there. So we would jab elbows at anyone who went out to the East Coast. So yeah, that's where they send all the girls. So
0: You know, from the Army, we, we always make fun of those that went to uh, Relaxing Jackson ah, uh, you know, uh, for Jackson for basic training as opposed to Fort Benning, home of the infantry, oh, there you, go. you know,
1: but, um, I, I, so I fractured my ankle on the second night of the crucible and, um, guy behind me, picked me up and, and pushed me. And I kept thinking through my mind, like, um, you know, the, the people in Korea, uh, the frozen chosen, you know, they made it through with their toes falling off mm-hmm. from frostbite. Uh, I, I look at, you know, all of the medal of honor recipients, like the things that they've made it through. And I, I looked at them the, the, the warriors and the men that have gone before us and have succeeded. And I, I asked myself, what's different about them than me? They're just men. We're, we're just men. If they can do it, then, then so can I, it's merely a flesh wound. Right? It's just my <laughs> ankle. So, so, so I, I, when I, when I think about self-reliance and, the, this topic, I, I think back to um, the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. You know, how did they make it through this? They had skill, they had generational skill that was passed down, and um, they had a willingness to persevere, a willingness to survive. And, and that's how they made it. You know, um, They didn't have all the fancy gadgets and stuff. And I think and Jess and I were talking about this this week that, you know, as, as we're going down this self-reliance path, Um, we're having to like unlearn the conveniences of of modern day. Like we can just turn the heat on and and we have heat in our house, you know? And so we have to try to unlearn those conveniences and things get harder. That's good. that's That's a great
0: point. You know, it's, we have so much institutionalism, where we just expect these things, you you flip the light switch and you expect it to turn on. Immediate gratification. And we have that light. And when it doesn't happen, it's very upsetting. Yeah, uh, You know, you wake up in the morning and the internet's on, or the internet's off. You're ready to kill someone because, you know, <laughs> Right. I, I've got to update my social media, right. you know? And uh, I remember after my first deployment, that was a huge change for me because I grew up. Very poor. I grew up, you know, I, my, it was my little brother and I and my mother, and we lived in a single room apartment. Mm. Um, and I, oh, we were so poor. We were yeah. so poor. I look back at it. I'm like, we had a swimming pool. There was a uh-huh. swimming pool at the apartment complex. Yeah. You know, yeah, we had one bedroom, but I have all these good memories of going and swimming in that swimming pool. You know, yeah. like there were positive things of, of that childhood. I didn't know true poverty until I went outside the U S yes. And you know, I could even in my poor situation of a single mother who was working, you know, 12 hours a day to just pay the rent and feed us. I had grandparents that took care of my brother and I, mm-hmm. um, we had the swimming pool. We had, we had the tap water. We could turn on and get clean water at will. You know, uh, I, I still remember it. Um, we had, it was an apartment in California. Uh, you flip the light on in the bathroom, and it had a heat lamp. Like there was one of these <laughs> yeah. stupid red bulbs yeah. that, like, would make the bathroom hotter. You know, that other places in the world, that is such a luxury item. Mean. Yeah. And and to try and say, well, I, I grew up poor. Well, yeah, I did. In comparison to other people, yeah. Um, I remember when Pam and I were first married. You know, we we were we were poor. You know, I was a, a PFC, you know, E3 in the army. Um, we, bear, We you know, we, we chose to live within our means. That meant that we weren't doing anything. And I was looking yeah. at my friends, you know, buying new cars and going right. out all the time. And we weren't, uh, you know, we slept on an air mattress when we first got married. We didn't get a credit card. We didn't yeah. go into crazy debt. Uh, that was that was a major benefit. And it's when you understand and you have that relative. Hey, yeah, I'm poor compared to these people. Right. But what else is rich about my life? That's right. You know, we had, we had a great marriage, you know, good friend of mine didn't, you know, because he put those worldly things forward. Um, you know, we've started this, uh, really focusing on that, that mental aspect of self-reliance and some of you listening out there like, well, I, I actually, I grew up pretty well. You know, my, I went to a good school, you know, I, 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 wasn't bullied, you know, I was the captain of my football team. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> in, a lot, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I
1: mean, I'm, I'm, I kid, it, but it, it's, you know, okay. You didn't have the same experience, but everyone has experiences. Exactly. Everyone's got trauma. Yeah. Everyone has something they've dealt with and the hardest thing I've ever dealt with probably feels the same as the hardest thing that person's dealt with
0: because we, our situations are so unique Yeah, and you know, I'm a man of faith. You're a man of faith. We, we believe that we have a creator. And you know, when Pam passed, everyone's like, Oh, there's a plan. There's a plan. I'm like, I you know, I, I don't really think that like, there's this, you know, author in the sky that's like writing out, you know, and on this day, Chris will lose his wife, you know? Right. Um, but I know that there are things that are going to happen. Sure. And there are lessons that we need to learn from those things. And it's more like, uh, you know, I was doing the dynamics of gunfight, uh, Mm -hmm. on Saturday. Mm I would set up scenarios and I don't know what the people are going to do. I just know I've gone and said, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. You're a bad guy. I go to someone else. I'm like, Hey, there's a gun laying out there on the floor. You decide what you're going to do. You, Mm -hmm. you, you tell me if you're a good guy or a bad guy. I have a desired outcome that I may have a lesson that I can talk about, about, okay, there were two good guys and there was a third good guy. How did you guys communicate? Well, that third good guy decides that he's not a good guy. He wants to be a bad guy. Well, that's something different. Okay. I, I didn't have the necessary control of the whole situation. Mm -hmm. I had a desired outcome that kind of happened and uh, we had great conversations and there was lots of learning and Mm -hmm. everything like that. I think that's more what it is. Uh, So if you're sitting out there thinking, man, my life is really, really good. I bet you, if you think about it, it isn't, you've had this, you've had struggles that you've overcome. Absolutely. And they're different. That's right. You know, uh, we can't compare with other people, just like I can't look at other people and be like, man, he's got so much and I have so little that comes with its own problems. It, it, yes. And that same guy, he can look at me and be like, he has so much and I have so little, yeah. um, we're all individuals on it. So it's, what are we doing with the experiences we've been given? That's right. And how are we using those to uh, better ourselves and, and, uh, better the people around us? Do you journal? Do you, do you, uh, you
1: know, that's something that I did for a long time and I stopped for some reason, but it has, it, I remember it being very, very therapeutic mm-hmm. and it's funny cause I, I have a journal sitting on my desk and, uh, my, my father passed recently. And so I have a few journal entries in there around that time, but, uh, It's been hard for me to open up those dark corners of my mind Mm -hmm. and get it out. But I know I need to, because it always feels good when I, when I, when I get my thoughts on paper.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I've been told all my life to journal, but I'm a dyslexic Bravo. And, uh, (laughs) you know, that that's I suffer a lot, but I'm not going to let that be an excuse. Uh, in 2000, excuse me, 2015. I um I almost turned into pink mist. Um, it was like one moment I was there, and the next moment I had a potential that I wasn't there. Yeah, And uh, that was a very, very eye-opening event for me because my children were getting to the age that they were becoming people. They mm-hmm. were no longer kids. They were becoming people. Mm-hmm. And I had this thought that, you know, my girls aren't going to know me. They're not going to know. They're not going to be able to have these conversations like, they're not gonna be able to turn to me and say, "Hey, Dad, what do you think about this?" So i I started writing an open letter to my daughters, and that's awesome. Last time I checked, is I haven't I haven't updated in a few months. Um, actually, two months. Uh, it was over thirty pages, wow. and it's you know size eleven font. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. and it's I started new. A, th- a new thought and I just go on that thought. It's like, okay, I'm feeling this way about this thing. And I want you to know that that that's a way of journaling. This worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been one for the the chronological, like, you know, on this day I did this, you know, right. Uh, for me, it's been that I want them to be able to look back and and read something, yeah. Uh, you know, and I've got it broken down by subject. You know, I like have a little, i guess chapter headings you sure. know yeah uh, and like politics version four <laughs> because since you know 2015 i've added a few things on the way I can I imagine. About politics <laughs> you know uh but i i haven't gone back and deleted anything i've written um uh, because it is kind of like that that journal
1: yeah
0: um and i think that it that will be a powerful thing for them uh, when i'm no longer here
1: i think that's that's really good I, I've been wanting to do that and uh I'm I'm going to start. Yeah. I need I need to do that. I need to do that not for me but but for those but I love. It it's it's that it's twofold because yeah. I'm getting a lot out of it.
0: Uh, about my last entry about 2 months ago, um I was coming up on the year marker of Pam's passing and I was having some some serious issues. Yeah. And uh there are some people that are very very close to me that they they saw the 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 depression that I was getting. Sure way worse than right when she first passed. I mean, that was bad, but it was like so fast and furious, you know, that like didn't have time to process like that 11 month mark, you know, that was like, it really hit me. And I'm going through this depression and it's, I mean, I think that I'm an analytical person. I know I'm an analyst. And so I surgically like separated myself from my mind, like, okay, let's step out of here and let's look at the problem. And as I was doing that as breaking down, I thought, you know what? These are mindset things. These are things that my girls need to know. And I've talked to them a little bit about them, but it, you know, some of these things they need to read this when they're 30,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not when they're 17 or yeah. 20 or 16, you know, it, it is for them as women. Yeah. Uh, and so I put in that, that, that journal and in doing it and writing it out, it really helped me process through some of those feelings, you know, and that, that did really, really help. I, I, I thought of that journaling and I thought that you know I should bring that up with you because like me, you have a lot of experience that a lot of people can benefit from. You know, and yeah. sometimes the journaling's for us, but a lot of times it's for other people. Yeah. Think how many books that we've read that other people read wrote, you know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's it's really good. Uh Gwen asked me uh if I was gonna make you listen to a book on our, our drive. I I don't know, we haven't mentioned yeah. So James is uh, actually here to leave tomorrow morning to head up to new England with me. So we get an eight hour drive, uh, together and she's like, you get you make him listen to a book. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I, I think, uh, I think when we finally get bored talking to each other, I'm going to throw on, uh, the Congo mercenary. Have you ever read that? I have not. I'm, you, I'm have, f- are, totally you, are you, with you familiar with, uh, my core, the, the uh, mad, no. my core, um okay some people out here have heard me like ah, congo mercy you got to read that book. I've, I've heard you say yeah it. Um i'm not i it, I, I haven't read it. it it's his journal basically from his time in the congo in the the late 60s and uh running um the wild geese a, a mercenary battalion and it's a phenomenal leadership book like because he okay, has these I'm problems down. And like, he has failures, like yeah. he has some like major failures and in true British fashion, he, yep, I did this wrong. And, you know, it takes yeah. you through that, that hard AR. And I've really tried to, in my, my own, uh, style, do that same thing.
1: It's interesting you say that because I, I look back at my own life. I look back at trainings I've done, um, experiences I've had, and I learned so much more from my failures than I ever do from successes. Mm -hmm. Successes can be reaffirming and like, okay, yeah, I I did that right. But what am I really, I'm not really learning from it. It's just more reaffirming. Yeah.
0: So I'm doing that the right way. Yeah, cool. Got it. in the box.
1: Yeah. But those failures, that's where growth happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And going kind of on, on on this path of, 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 uh, where we've been and how we got here. Failure is how, you know, I, I think I've gotten here is you know, trying something and man, that royally failed, or I'm going to be really hungry for a while now. Cause I really screwed that up. I, the first time I, I, I started getting into this idea of, of actually doing something to prepare for the future. Mm-hmm. I, um, outside of mindset, outside of having faith, outside of just, living paycheck to paycheck and, and hoping I can, hoping I can make it and, <laughs> and, and thinking, well, if I, you know, if things get really tight, man, I know I've suffered before, so I can suffer again. That's not really a good plan. It's not how you want to plan. So I, um, I have like 30 recipes for one,
0: <laughs> one package of ramen. You ex- know. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. I lived a lot of my life on ramen and I'm not proud of that,
0: <laughs> but, um, you, you know, to be honest, like, there are some days that we just do it because we
1: we like it so so my stepson <laughs> he is all into ramen he he has again like he he'll, he'll throw an egg in there oh, yeah. he'll he'll yeah. chop up a cayenne pepper from our mm-hmm. garden and throw it in there um and i haven't had a pack of ramen since since i got out of the marine corps in in 05 until last week <laughs> and i've had like four <laughs> since then and it uh yeah it's wild but um I forgot where I was going with that. Sorry, I, no, I derailed you with ramen. All, all I get excited about ramen. <laughs> but,
0: but yeah, so you, you know, having that you're you're saying that you kind of have that
1: oh, oh I failed oh, before. The, the fail, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so um I, I got this 50 pound bag of rice. I'm like, I'm gonna throw this in a bucket and I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for for down the road. And uh I threw it in a miler bag and and I didn't do it right. And when I went I wanted to check on it, like. You know, I'm, I have this like little chicken egg mm-hmm. and I want to see if it's, if it's going to hatch anytime. So I, I go on a checkout and I cut it open and it's all full of mold and mildew. I was like, this is not good. I really screwed this up. Um, but you know, it was from those failure points. And I think that, I think that as I was trying to learn these things, not, not being afraid to fail, I think is really, really important. That
0: That is so key. I mean, so many people, they'll try to do something. And it's not that it's hard, it's that they don't necessarily have the success that they expected to have out of it. They expect it to be hard. Right. But then they don't have the success. And then they're like, okay, yeah, I'm done. I right. you know, I can't do this. You're this, learning this a is new something new else. It's a new and, skill. Yes. And again, comparing ourselves to others, so many times people will look and they'll be like, I, I remember Jared did a um a food prep seminar once. Mm-hmm. And he showed a picture of his, his, his food stores. And I mean, it looks like a grocery store. Okay. And, and you have to remember that he's feeding on a daily basis, 10 people. That's okay. a squad. He's got a squad. Yes. You know, I mean like that, that's twice what I feed yeah. on a daily basis. Um, and people like, they look at that and they get very overwhelmed. They're like, well, I'll never make it to that point. So I'm just going to It quit. seems unattainable. And it's, He didn't start there. You know, he didn't just wake up tomorrow and say, oh, you know what? We need to have an entire, you know, giant's food supply in our basement. It's, and he teaches in the class, it's, you start by buying one extra can. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that you normally eat, buy extra of that. And you start to build up to it. And then before you know it, you're like, hey, that freeze dryer is actually not that expensive. You know, when you look at what, you when you look it. at what you're getting out of it, right. you know, and, and then you set aside for it, you plan for it That's and right. then you you get it and, uh, and you use it, yeah. you know, and, uh, you find a way to build it into your daily life. Uh, like we, we do a lot of our leftovers mm. in our free store. We have extra trays. So when we eat a meal and it's me and the four bird people, you know, I tease the girls about, they don't like to eat anything. They killed tonight's dinner, though. I, I made my stacked chicken, and that uh they they loved that. Uh, but Usually, we have at least one tray of whatever we made for sure. dinner left over, put that in the freezer, and then in four days, we got an, another batch going into the freeze dryer. And it's something that doesn't, it just becomes kind of natural in, in the process.
1: And and, and their meals, you know what you're going to eat. We,
0: we know what you're going to eat. And the problem is other people will look at that and be like, oh, well, I can't get to that point, you know. You eat food, yeah. You eat food. You know, it's it's an. It became a progression thing. We right. didn't just start like we didn't, we right. didn't just buy a freeze right You know, it took a lot of experimentation. We did yep. a lot of skittles. You know, yes, these skittles are delicious and freeze dried skittles. You know, uh, we we did the fun things. We learned yeah. how to do it. We learned how to use it. You know, it took months before yes. we got into the routine of doing that. Um, don't be discouraged by other people's success mm-hmm. and don't be burdened by your failures. You know, if anything, be encouraged by your failures. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because like you said, you're learning something. You know, I, I made a mistake. I, I now know, I now know something I didn't know before. And I can use that to my advantage later. So we've, we've talked uh, quite a bit about our mental uh, game and all of this. Um, Where did you start your self reliance journey? Like, let's talk. Let, let's talk training. You, you had you had Marine Corps, so you had a background. You yep. have law enforcement. So, so where so, did you decide to start expanding out and realizing you needed, you know, what what is your training concept?
1: Okay, so way before I joined the Marine Corps, um, I, so I grew up in in the Chicago area. My gramps was kind of like my dad to me growing up, and there was this spot up in Michigan where his dad would take him fishing when he was a kid. And it's nothing glorious. It's this dirty old fishing hole up in the middle of the upper peninsula of Michigan. Nothing amazing out there other than it's the UP of Michigan and it's a it's a beautiful spot. The state bird must be the mosquito. I think gigantic. Alaska will uh argue you for that. I've yeah. never been there. I I, I can't say I, I understand um, there.
0: There's two seasons: of Alaska snow and mosquito.
1: <laughs> but my my gramps, uh, you know, he would he would take me out. We had this. There was this island, like three four miles off the mainland, that we would just go out to, and we'd be there for a week. And he would teach me how to make a fire. He would teach me how to set up a hammock, and he let me fail. I would sleep in the hammock, and and it would storm all night, and <laughs> I was miserable, but I learned, and so. I I was fascinated with learning these things. And and one year when I went up there, um, I must have been like 12 or 13. um, I was like, I'm going to go to the army surplus store and I'm going to get some survival gear. And so I got like a, a green like battle duty belt with the Alice clips on it. And I got two canteens and some rope. And that was all I had. I was like, but I got survival gear now. And I, so I went up there and I was like, what can I do with this? Charlie Bronson always had rope, right? Always. It's like, well, I, I couldn't do anything with it. <laughs> but so, so I think that's where the bug started, um, is these camping trips with my gramps and going out fishing and sometimes catching some good fish, but more than not, it was just getting to know nature. And, and at that time in my life, that one week a year was a respite from, uh, from the rest of life, mm-hmm. and I lived for that one week a year, just to be in nature and to have that reset. So that's kind of where the the bug started, and and so then um, it was no surprise to anyone when I joined the Marine Corps. Um, I want to do something hard, um, like like you getting picked on and bullied a lot through school. Um, when I got to seventh grade, I was like, you know what? I want to want to wrestle. I want to figure out something I can do to not be spit on and go home with black eyes and bloody lips anymore. I I, I got to learn how to manage this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I started wrestling seventh grade and that did that through high school. So I guess that's one aspect of the self-reliance, be able to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and to take care of the people around you. I've, I'm have i the oldest of five kids. My, my youngest brother passed when I was nine. Um, my sister is two years younger than me. And so she and I would walk to school and sometimes not in the best of neighborhoods. And I had to be big brother and I was taking care of her. And when Michael Martinelli from down the road was chasing us with a two by four with nails in it, it was up to me, you know? So self-reliance on the security side of things of like, it's not just about me. I got to protect those. I love. Mm -hmm. So that bug was also planted early and, and I've taken it very seriously and and I've carried that through my entire life. Um, so I joined the Marine Corps. Um, I joined open contract. I didn't have an MOS. I had no idea what I was going to do or be, um, because they said I can be, um, reserve infantry or active duty motor transport. And I was like, I don't want to be reserve Yeah. and I don't want to be motor transport. I want to do things. Um, and, and if I'm being totally honest, I joined cause I wanted to be in the band. <laughs> I, I played the saxophone. I taught myself a saxophone. Um, and I totally bombed that test, the, uh, the tryout for it, but that was good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that.
0: You know, I, am really kind of, I wish I had known that fact about you. I I learned it. What, two weeks ago I learned that fact. Yeah. Um, I wish I would known earlier because when Jared and I are putting our heads together for, uh, events for the light fighter, I think I might've thrown that in there, You (laughs) you know, we'll call it the Clinton drill or something, oh, you know, perfect. <laughs> just surprisingly terru- you smoke that drill, you That's know, terrible.
1: <laughs> but, um, so, so, um, so join the Marine Corps, um, I very quickly was, we, we went through, you know, boot camp. We, we got the, the MCMAP training, right. I was like, this is cool. This is more than I've learned. I learned how to wrestle. I never mm-hmm. really had a, a class on, you know, weapon takeaways or knife defense. Like this is awesome. This is so cool. Um, but but it was really just enough to get me hurt. You know, like just enough, not real skill just yet. Um, so I, I kind of went down that path and I became a instructor for the Marine Corps and um and and that carried on through, uh through my life. Um, there's a lot of of background of, of things that I've seen and been through that make me want to teach other people how to protect themselves, mm-hmm. you know, seen a lot of bad things uh, happen to he, good people. You know,
0: you said you have a law enforcement background. I mean, that's
1: yeah. my, 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 um, my earliest memory is of me hiding under the table with my little sister. while my dad's throwing my mom around the house. And so again, also ingrained pretty early. Yeah. You know? um, So I I've taken these, these little nuggets of, of things that, traumas, the failures Mm of, of those hard things. And I said, well, how can I make these good? And I want to dive into and be very serious in each of these topics, but they came in small doses, you know, a little bit of training here, a little bit of training there. I turned 40 in a week, but I've been doing this nonstop since I was in seventh grade. So, you know, it's, it's a culmination. It's not something that like you can, you can just start and, Expect to be on one end of the spectrum, or look at someone who's done this their whole life and say, "Well, I can't do that. That's unattainable." You know, again to the, to your other points, um, it's a process.
0: It, it is a process, and you know, I like the I, how you said you've had the failures and then you've identified. It. I that's something I want to work on. Yes, you know, um, part of that being self reliant is recognizing our weaknesses what holes do we have in our plan? Um, well, I don't have a plan. Okay, well, there's a hole. Let's start there. <laughs> that, that's a hole. You know, um, what? where do I want to go if we're just throwing that out there, broad spectrum, I don't know. Um, narrow it down. Look at some of the things that you've experienced in your life and how can you improve or change or better those, whether it is seeking out training or, mm-hmm. you know, you... You saw this one time, this has affected you, or you experienced this this one time, and this is affected you. How do you make it? How do you better yourself in that situation? Um, identify those personal things. Start there. That's a great place to, to begin your journey. And if you're on your journey, you know, you're going through, you've, you've been training, you've been doing these things, um, really take that good deep dive at, am I hitting the gates that I need to hit? Uh, I have a, st- a student. And I know you listen to the podcast, and you were there this this weekend. You were there Saturday, and I hope you know who you are. Uh, for years, I've been telling you to take the level two class, but you were like, "No, I'm a level one student. I'm taking the level one class. I'm taking the one. I'm mean, gonna take the level one class again." You weren't pushing yourself, and then you came out and you did that level two class a couple weeks ago, and you rocked it. And you you grew so much more because you push yourself into that thing that you didn't think you could do. I knew you could do it, but I could say it all day long. You have mm-hmm. to know you can do it. And then you came out and did the uh, dynamics of gunfight and uh, awesome experience again. You have to keep pushing yourself. Um, don't get complacent. Don't don't get comfortable with it.
1: Absolutely. All right. As soon as you think you've arrived, or as soon as you think you're there, uh, that's when you need to put yourself in check.
0: You know. Yeah there there's always another mile to go that's right and when you have walked everywhere, then you turn around and do it again you know you can always refresh uh I was sitting in um training with some federal partners uh, and uh one of uh, the guys was a act or sorry in uh, reserve um army something I can't remember but he was being activated for uh uh, riots or something and so sure. he was he was leaving that afternoon we're, we're talking and uh i made the the comment that i you always go back to the basics and you know you always have to to refresh and i, I said that i still read the army field manual mm-hmm. for land mm-hmm. and he was like why would you do that like you teach land i'm like because i teach land right because i i can I can plot grids in my sleep, but there is always something to to refresh and to to relearn, and that's part of being self reliant is making sure that that knowledge is is there and present for you.
1: So, so for folks that are starting this path and looking at building and establishing the self reliance, you know, we talked a little bit about personal security, personal protection, whether yeah. that be with combatives or firearms or vehicle combatives um or or for food storage or things like that you know for someone that's starting off you know what do you think is the most if they if they if they haven't started at all where do you think they should start because you can't start on everything at once okay yeah how do you eat the elephant yeah what's that what's
0: that that first bite do i start at the tail or do i start at the nose exactly um i think it's food and water but maybe I'm maybe I'm off. Well, I, I may I may come at it from this point of view. Um, food insecurity, yeah, is one of the largest problems that is faced throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was having a conversation. Hopefully, you're listening to the podcast and you recognize this conversation uh, with a gentleman who I really respect about how are they going to take the guns. How, how is it really going to, is it going to be, Hey, we have this list. We're going to go to door, door to door. Or is it going to be that, um, if you turn in a Glock 19, you get a $50 food voucher. Exactly. And right now it's great depression style food restriction. And you need that, you know, mama's in there saying kids need food. Right. You give up that extra gun and you're like, well, you know what? I have four, I have four Glocks. I won't give up the last one. Right. And then, well, I already gave up the other three and we really need that food. And, you know, things aren't changing anytime soon. Um, That's a danger. So I I definitely agree with you that. And that's an easy one because that's that's that's, you're you're not having to go out and seek training or or get anything like that. You're just going to the grocery store and hey, I like broccoli cheese soup. So I'm buying two cans of broccoli cheese soup instead of one. You know, I'm writing a date on it and sticking in the basement.
1: I had that conversation with my, with, um, with my mom, actually, I, I work night shift most mm-hmm. of the time. And so she lives out in Seattle and so I can call her at 11 or 12 o'clock my time and it's no big deal for her. She's still, you know, maybe just having dinner. Yeah. Um, and so we talked for like an hour, hour and a half about this and she kind of had the same questions. I was like, James, where do I, where do I start this? I said, did you buy mustard last week? She's like, well, yeah. So we'll buy two, two, yeah. two bottles of mustard. Yeah. Like just get the things that you know you like and get one more of them, and eventually you'll have a month of food set aside. And
0: you know sometimes that's all it takes yeah. is is a month. Yeah, that that can definitely that can be the difference um, in a lot of situations. So yes, I, I definitely agree that uh, food and some some means of purifying water mm-hmm. uh, that that's very very important. You should definitely look at that. Uh, the other thing is security. What kind of security do you have? Yeah. Uh, because the, the old joke, you know, um, you guys know that I'm, I'm a Latter-day Saint and the, the old joke of, well, when the collapse comes, I'm going to Utah because the Mormons have all the food, you know? And well, the answer is that is yes, but we also have the guns. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, so if you, one, you don't advertise that you have the food Uh two, if you have it, you have to have the means to protect it. And it's not just the food. It's, you know, it's the family and everything along with it. And if you get the, the tools, you have to get the trade. Absolutely. You have to, you, you are required to be able to use those things. You have to know how to do it. And I mean, I go out of town. I've got my daughters here at the house and they're trained. They practice. You came over to my house and you're like, there's a target hanging on the wall for dry fire. I'm like, oh, that's the girls. I love it. You know, uh, because they train. Um, because they know that they, no one's coming. That's right. They have to be, they have to be self-reliant. When dad's here, okay, they can lower their security because dad's raising his security. Mm-hmm. But when he's gone, no one's coming. That's right. It's up to them. And some people are like, oh, don't, don't you think that's a little rough to to put on your girls? I'm like. It's real. It, it's. I'm being honest. I didn't dump it on them right off the gate.
1: You're not telling a six year old, Hey, fend for yourself. It,
0: it's a. It, it is a process. This morning, we are having a conversation about. Hey, I'm going away for a week. If there is a nuclear incident, this is how you tape the windows. This is how you tape the vents. This is how you ventilate the house so you you can get new air in. These are where their com- carbon monoxide. Uh, detectors are this is where the backup power is this is why we have this water storage in the house this is why these things are here Mm -hmm. we're having those conversations Mm -hmm. i could have those conversations because we started forever ago we started way back way back when i didn't just dump it on hey dad's going out of town you might get nuked right you know do i think that we're gonna get nuked this week no i don't Uh, we wouldn't be going if exactly 100 percent um but there's a chance, there's always a chance. Right. A meteor could fall out of the sky, you right. know, there's always a chance. So there is no harm in having the conversation. Right. And, you know, what is the other thing that we just talked about? What if there's a catastrophic power failure and they need to maintain the heat in the home? Winter's coming. Mm-hmm. The same process applies, the same things can be done to keep the heat in the house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we are we able to have that conversation um, and it, give them that self reliance. Because we have started, we did it that cookie crumb at a time mm-hmm. for many years. Uh,
1: it's, it's almost like teaching children uh, firearm safety and g- gradually building them up to be safe and competent with the firearm. Yes. You don't just throw them a gun no. and say, hey, go learn this thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't <laughs> throw the kid in. The, well, I mean, some people throw the kid in the deep end of the pool. Um, but, but you're still there to pull them out. You're like, oh, he's drowning. Man, I really like that one. (laughs) Well, let's get another one, (laughs) you know. Um, So, you know, that analogy of dump them in the deep end, Uh, you might let them struggle a little bit, but you're going in after them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And on that same note, we have to be the same with ourselves. Uh, We have to be able to see and judge and understand where we're going, have a goal in mind, um, and push ourselves to that next level. Don't become complacent. Don't be like, oh, you know what? I'm a level one student. I'll always be a level one student. I can't do those those crazy things. Mm-hmm. I just need to be safe with this item. You are safe, okay? You've you've once you've achieved it, be able to recognize that you've achieved that, and push yourself to the next level so that you can have that growth. When you start having success after success after success, that's the time to fail again. Yes, okay. I can do this. You know, lifting weights. You know, man. I can do 100-pound uh, bench press. This is great all day long. Okay, cool. You you can do that 50 times. Awesome. Let's throw more weight on there. Yeah. Let's go back to where I can barely get that bar up uh, because that's how you're going to have the growth. That's mm-hmm. how you're going to get beyond uh, where you're at. don't want to be stagnant on this because you want that confidence. You want that self-reliance.
1: Yeah, confidence only comes through testing under pressure, and through, through earning it, you, you can't just go to the store and buy a bunch of things and be confident. Right? Uh, it doesn't come through having things. Well, we,
0: we see it all the time in classes. You'll have a guy that comes to a class and has the finest cry of precision, you know, has um, the latest and greatest uh, Daniel defense, has, uh, you know, a D ball or he has a mall, you know, but he isn't grouping a controlled
1: pair. Doesn't know how to do a reload.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Struggling, struggling to do anything under night vision because yeah, he's got dual tubes, but he doesn't practice his reload Mm -hmm. and not, not understand the basics. You, you can't buy yourself out of, out of a hole. And I mean, going true British fashion here, I'm just as guilty of this. I, I have to be honest with, with all you guys out there. And right now, Dan, you're listening to the podcast. I'm like Chris, all you ever do is want to buy combo equipment and make it work. <laughs> you know, you don't want to put the time in. No, I don't want to hate combo. Como, como makes me feel stupid. So what do I need to do? I need to put more effort into yeah. that. That's, that is one of those areas I've recognized. And so I watch videos, mm-hmm. you know, I, I try and learn the things, uh, mesh tastic. I'm fascinated by that. So I'm trying to learn how to do it. I have, I have the board sitting right over there for when I have finally some time to sit down, I'm going to start playing with those things.
1: Not this week, next week. I I'll actually have some time to do that. So, so I think a big part of, of this of like uh, being okay with failure, it also comes down to the environment that you're in and the people that you're failing around Mm -hmm. Um, at this, at the night shoot this, this last weekend, um, I was, I was helping RSO. I, I was volunteering a little bit there and this young kid came up to, I was at one of the rifle stations and mm-hmm. there was a barricade set up. Um, he's like, Hey, this is, this is new to me. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, I, I just got this, this rifle. I just sighted it. It's not even sighted in. Can you, can you give me a hand with this? And he's there on a night shoot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so first two rounds he fires his flashlight flies off second two rounds he fires his sling attachment flies off and at first he was kind of embarrassed i was like dude you're out here doing it all these other guys they, they buy all the gucci stuff and they're but you're here testing what you got yeah I said, good on you man I said, let's look at how this is set up and let's see if we can tweak it so that it can run right for you but he was willing to put himself out there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he was doing it around these dudes that like literally the guy next to him had like uh, an SBR with a suppressor yeah. and an can and a mall and, you know, pano night vision and um like all Gucci'd out with, with all the, the fanciest stuff. And this, he was probably a 22, 23. Mm-hmm. He's there very humble with it, with his stuff. That's his rifle. And he's training with his rifle and he's willing to put himself out there and learn or fail or, or succeed. Man, I got a lot of respect for that dude.
0: Yeah.
1: um That, his approach to it impressed me. So I think that when when you're looking at doing things and being comfortable with failure, the crowd you keep really allows that to happen, and you can fail safely. Yeah. Um,
0: if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, well, this guy has this thing. I need to have this thing. Right. Uh, I'm guilty of it. I'm on Instagram. You know, it's it's a it's a billboard thing for me. I haven't posted in forever. I know. Sorry, Jared. Uh <laughs> but I I'll see other training companies. Yeah. And like these dudes are running around with dual tubes. And I'm like, man, I need dual tubes. I need dual tubes. And then I'm like, Why? Do do I do I need dual tubes because these guys have dual tubes or because I want the capability? You know what I really want? I want another set of fourteens so that I have three sets of fourteens. Because you have um, a family. Because I have a family. That's right. Because right now I only have you know, mine and the girls are sharing one set of 14s. Right. If I had another set, that is that that would be something, you yeah. know. Or, or, okay, maybe not another set of 14s, but a PVS-30 that I can clip on in front of my bolt gun and extend a capability that I, I don't have right now mm-hmm. um, and be able to do those long-range engagements at night. That it, That's where I need to be focusing, not at looking at the other guy. Man, he's got dual tubes. He's also wearing them... In the shoot house um, during the day, the the lights are all on. He's just wearing those to say he has dual tubes. Doing it for the gram. Yeah, doing it for the gram, and uh, you know y- y- you can't do that. Yeah. Um,
1: and you can say the same for training too. Like if you're getting out, if you're going out to any training event, and you have to have your your selfie stick during every evolution of your shoot because you want to, you know, you want to look cool for your for your dudes. I mean, maybe. Heck, why are Why you're doing it? You know, are you doing it to promote yourself? And that, mm-hmm. that's one thing. And I think it is important to if you're running a business, you have and, to self promote. You know have that to.
0: that's that's we take pictures in our classes because we are trying to get, and we don't um, we don't do the paid promotion. You know, like I'll look at some of these uh, things. Like, uh, you guys all know I'm obsessed with alpaca and alpaca wool. And you know, I suddenly I'm getting all these alpaca, you know, socks and everything. It's it, it's a paid promotion. Like that yep. company is like, hey, we're trying to sell more socks, and so right. and, and they they focus all the marketing just on you. Yeah, they, they put it right on you. And hey, okay, you know, <laughs> let let's do that. You know, yeah. So I got some compression socks coming. Pretty excited but, but about so, it.
1: So so when you're doing training, it's it's important to have your perspective and your intention right. You know, like am I am I going out to this class because I want to better myself. Am I doing it just so I can get good looks on Instagram or am I, am I doing this because I'm trying to promote myself in a very deliberate way? And, and, and you know, I think intention has, has, yeah. uh, has a lot to do with that, but being, we, being able to fail is, is awesome.
0: We get so much out of having that intention of like, okay, I want, I have a desired outcome. When I start classes, one of the things I like to say is what is your goal of mm-hmm. taking this class? part of that is so that I can understand what the students desire so I can try and deliver on that. Uh, You know, a land navigation class. I want to know how to use a compass better. I want to be able to find my way if the GPS fails. Now I have those, you know, terminal learning objectives that, that we were taught back in the military, you know, Mm -hmm. okay. That's what that person's goal is. That's where their head is at. Mm -hmm. And I have the lesson and it. Yes, it's absolutely, absolutely going to cover that. Um, They say something else. You know it. Then, hey, no, this class doesn't cover that. Or okay, I need to shift a little bit for this student. And for me, so much of my my drive on everything is time. People are giving their time to me. Mm-hmm. They're giving their weekends. Yeah. They're giving me their vacation days. Like I have to give equally, if not greater, of me for that. Mm-hmm. And if I have ten students in in a class. That's 10 people that gave up their, their time with their family to spend with me. I've got to give them 10 days worth of information. I've got to be pushing that out there uh, so that they leave feeling that their time was well spent, you know, because I want them to have that self-reliance.
1: That's, that's one thing that, that, so I I listened to that podcast, like I said, for almost a year before I jumped in any classes, primarily because I've seen training companies, Um, And and I think I've, I've mentioned this to you before, you know, a business can have one of two intentions. You know, what can I take and gain from my clients? How much money can I take from them? How, how can I better my business on the backs of my clients or what can I give to my clients? How can I help them? What can I do for them through my business? Um, And, you know, after listening, you know, for, for that while i i realized that you guys 100 are the what can Corbal i horrible businessmen <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah yeah yes a bunch of shills that's it hey you know <laughs> it, it's uh it is what it is <laughs> no but uh you know it the it, it's a it's a place where um i've taken my steps on i've taken my wife uh because i know that you guys are like you said you, you ask I think the, the first class I I did with you was the anti-abduction yes. class. Yes, yes. And, um, and then shortly thereafter, we did land nav. Mm-hmm. Um, and you very clearly had a very well-laid-out uh, plan for the course. But that question, like, hey, what are you expecting to get out of this? You took the time to throw something out there for Tyler or to throw something out there for Jess or throw something out there for me like hey we're on a point in in our natural discussion where that guy said that he wanted to know more about this so you dove a little bit deeper into it um and and that's awesome it's incredible uh that, that that's that's how uh you know Jess and I are it's it's not just you it's 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 Jared as well you remember things um you remember details of what hey hey this person said they're interested in this thing and You create an environment that facilitates learning and facilitates a space that's safe to fail. And at the same time you have high expectations. Failure is not what you're going for, but if someone goofs up, that's okay.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's the thing, having standards and not lowering the standards. That's right. That's a way that people can fail safely. Uh, doing, um, We have critical tasks in some of our our courses where we'll have a time zone. Very rarely will you see a pro timer at a lodestone class. Mm -hmm. It's not that we don't believe in the pro timer. I think that other people rely too heavily on a pro timer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a great training aid, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is not the end all be all for stress. If I want to put stress, I want you to put the stress in. Um, And time is only so much of somewhat of it. When you bring in a um, a pro timer, people start to beat the timer mm-hmm. and they start to f- fail. Yeah, they they start to fail on doing technique. Um, but we have CTs. We have those critical tasks. Uh, and the purpose behind those is this is a standard. You will go from the low ready to get one shot off in 0.75 seconds. That's the standard. And you will do it properly. And mm-hmm. I will not only will I... The timer, but I will judge you on your form. Mm -hmm. And if that selector is coming off before your eye is on the reticle, you fail. Because that's the standard. We put out what the standard was. Execute. Go. Buzzer goes off. You know, .77. Would you like to try again? .73. You have met the standard. You have exceeded the standard. Sometimes you have to have those things, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because people have to fail. You know, coming out of the draw, you know that's a great one uh, for people and to, to experience. Uh, and you have if you lessen the standard, we're like, oh well, you know, I see that he's got a really funky holster that he's having some hard times with. Uh, you know, his, his release is is a lot stiffer. It's a brand new holster, whatever. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him an extra half second. Now I'm changing the standard. Mm-hmm. He he isn't succeeding. He's still failing. Mm -hmm. He just
1: doesn't know that he's failing. Mm -hmm. How is there any growth there? Right. Going back to the thought of confidence, confidence being earned under pressure. Mm -hmm. That's what builds confidence. Yes. Is knowing, no, they didn't change the standard for me. I did that. That wasn't given to me. I earned it. Um,
0: Unfortunately, throughout the global war on terrorism, we all saw it. Uh, they started to water down soft forces. They Mm -hmm. started to, we had people that made it through the Q course that slipped through the cracks and they would come to teams and they wouldn't make it. And they, you know, fortunately we had the ability of getting rid of a lot of these guys. Some guys didn't get, got rid of because whatever. And they got moved around and things like that. Uh, That, that was hard because I felt that, hey, I, I made it here. And I'm surrounded by all these just amazing men that push me every day to be better. It's like I'm always in competition. You know, they say you earn the bray every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I really felt like that. And then we start getting these people that are just, I felt like they're watering down the force. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that guy cheapened what I did. The fact that he has a long tab cheapens the fact that I have a long tab. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like really offensive. Um, And it was because not him personally it was that they changed the standards Standard changed. and that's a hard thing yeah. um we had a, a student in the vehicle combatives class and his um he was a former marine and one of his former marine buddies uh has gone over to the army like most marines do uh and and become a, a green brain he's at fifth group and so when he said that i was like oh well tell him that my my od my first oda was 581 and that's because when I got to group, we didn't have a fourth battalion. We only had three battalions, so mm. you had a three number. Oh, so that okay. shows when I say that I'm five eight one. Got it. It's saying, well, I'm I'm an older green beret. Like, gotcha. I'm pre well, I'm pre diluted. You know, gotcha. uh, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it's just you know, like I remember um, in two thousand eleven. 2010 2011 so we're in there sure um our our team lost its mission we were in iraq and so instead of sending us home they like brought us to the b team and they kind of like pushed us out to help other teams so like i went to work with another team and be another fox and their fox was very happy oh you're gonna hear you're gonna do all the fox stuff cool i won't um but their team sergeant didn't know me for any from anyone he just gets this guy pushed on me he yeah he wanted nothing to do with me mm-hmm. until one day I was in the gym and I was wearing my old team t-shirt, the five, eight, one eight shirt. He's like, Oh, three numbers. Oh, you're, oh, I can talk to you. You're one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. You're one of us, you know? Um, it's, it's one of those things that we, um, we find ourselves in a situation in our society, um, where they're lessening the standards and it's not having a positive effect.
1: It's no. not building confidence. No, so it's up to us to keep our own standards, um, not fall to the standards of the expectations of of the people around us. Um, I see that in the professions I've been in, um, when I was a city firefighter or when I was, you know, you know, in, in law enforcement, um, people. There are two people. There are people that hold their own standards and hold themselves accountable to what they believe they need to do. And then there are people that are like, "No, yeah, this is good enough. Um, I, I would challenge everybody that if you're serious about this, of, of any of this, whether it be training or self-reliance or being a father or, or being a husband, hold yourself to your own standard, not what society and Instagram says is, is expected of you. Do what you know is right and push yourself and find those boundaries of what you're capable of and and push that a little bit if you don't think you're doing your best and you're trying your hardest, you're failing your standard. That's how I look at it. That's awesome, man.
0: That, that, that really summed
1: up what we've talked about. Um,
0: that's a great challenge to everyone listening to this podcast. I think that's a, a good place to end it. I'm going to throw one last thing out there for you guys. um, we're, t- we're doing this all gorilla style. Um, I think this is a, a really good podcast. I think there's a lot of good information. And you listening to this podcast, you know someone who can benefit from these words. You probably know two or three people that are in need of hearing these things. Share this information with them. Get this out to them so that they can hear this and it can have that effect on them. And be that friend. Do it gorilla style. Word of mouth, man. Love it. Thank you for joining us, James. Thanks for coming on. And uh, you guys are going to hear more from James because uh, he stuck with me for the next four days. And I'm going to bring the mic with me and uh, we'll we'll throw him in bits and pieces on later podcasts. Um, thanks for tuning in and listening to another Lodestone Training Consulting podcast. And y'all be safe out there.
1: Did I ever tell you to eat up, go to bed, wash your ears, do your homework? No, I respected your privacy and I taught you self-reliance